Hey, welcome to the 1138 Podcast, a podcast where I interview people I know who have lived great lives for God. My hope is to encourage you to go forward in the name of Jesus with your life. The world is not worthy of my guests, and I hope you're encouraged as you listen. My name is Rudy, and thanks for catching up with me. Welcome to part two of the remarkable story of how God saved Victoria Moore from a near-death experience. I've heard from some of you that part one brought you to tears, and I hope that part two will encourage your faith. Victoria and her mom, Stephanie, were kind enough to join the 1138 podcast to tell the story of how God answered their prayers. I'm honored to bring you their story, and as Victoria calls it, God's story for her life. Have a listen. So here we are, episode two with Stephanie and Victoria Moore. We're hearing their story. Thanks for sharing uh, carry on. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's see. She, well, put her hand in the Bible and she's crying because mm-hmm. she's very happy. She's sad, but she's happy. She's, she's what she's doing is she's giving praise and mm-hmm. um, in the little way that she can without, you know, she's not right, you know, yeah. to us. She's so different than she was before. And um, well, this, and the thing was that was shocking too is I'm nine. Like I didn't that I and I had a relationship with God, but it wasn't like a walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, nine year old child, I knew who God was. I went to catechism, but I wasn't. I didn't have a relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Not, not like she does now, as mm-hmm. you know, an adult. Um, so she's she she's in the post ICU at that time when she's putting her hand in the Bible. Um, she wants a garden. She wants to plant a garden. Mm. She wants to see the flower. You know, she wants. She's 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 talking almost obsessively about when she does talk that this is on her mind. Um, I mean, there's times, you know, she wants to touch my hand before she can open her eye. Cold hands, cold hands, curly curls, curly curls. Hmm. She's these things over, you know, she can't see me, but she can feel my hair. She knows it's me. Curly curls, curly curls. My dad's Uh, whiskers. I want a whiskers. I want a garden. We need to plant a garden. We we didn't have had a garden. The last person I knew that had a garden was my grandmother. You know, we Mm -hmm. didn't garden farm but we didn't put we didn't need to garden before mm, yeah, yeah so um she very much wants these she needs this and um it it continues she her eyes are open they're putting her in a you know she's in a wheelchair she you know she can't lift her head um mm. you know we're doing physical therapy with you know things are progressing and um then she's down in the children's more in the rehab area um she's got her own room um and a friend finally is able to come she's well she's not as um immunocompromised things are healing and a friend of hers comes uh the uh, best girlfriend that was her age name's Lacey they danced together they were in the trio together they were a duo Mm-hmm. Um, Lacey can come to see her and this is a big momentous occasion for Victoria and mm-hmm. for us and, and for the girl and her mother her mother was um, very um, intimately involved in a big part of ministering to us and praying and taking care of things and Lacey as well so mm-hmm. Lacey comes in and Victoria is um, markedly different than Lacey. And this is, you know, like day 19. Um, it, she's, she's she does a day or two in the wheelchair and is able to get up and walk. They have to teach her to walk again, but she learns it in a day and, you know, wants mm-hmm. to do doing these things, but you know, there, there's no normal average. Cause everyone in the hospital is sick. Mm-hmm. Here comes Lacey, this <clears throat> and vitality and very sharp and 
everything that Victoria wasn't. It, it I was. Vic, that she was, but, but not at that time. Yeah. You know, it, it's markedly different. And it's sad to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know. She doesn't notice it at that time. She has no idea because uh, she went through a period where um, her 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 memory is so bad. It's so that her memory is gone. Short term memory. When she's we're in the hospital room, whether she looks at what balloons. Hi, mom. I didn't know you were here. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. Balloons. Mm. It's that literally like, in that part of time she does not remember from turning her head that I'm there or those balloons are there. She has no concept. Mm. So Lacey mm. comes in, you know, Lacey's glad to see her, they're loving each other. Lacey, blah blah blah. And you know, it's it's very sad and um emotional. But we don't show any of that. And um, Lacey's mother's looking at me and they're talking. And then there's the IV uh, pole with the bag and all that. And it's Victoria makes this comment about 43. And on the IV bag, there's the number is it's like it beeps. You know, when they run out and you got to refill and there's comes in, blah, blah, blah. It's beeping at 43. And she makes the comment, she's oh, 43. Oh, Evan came to see me when I was in when I was uh, in heaven. She makes this Evan. Well, Evan and I, Evan, Adriana's boy, uh, old boy, old boyfriend, and Adriana is is the oldest. Who made the call to my dad? Adriana was the girl that she went to the birthday party for, and a year before Victoria had had her accident. Her boyfriend, who was a very talented wrestler, he had went in for a routine surgery, shoulder surgery. The anesthesiologist had gone out of the room for 10 minutes, and this boy died. He was 17. He was 17. It was a horrible medical malpractice mistake, Mm -hmm. and he died from it. It was nothing. Going in to get your tonsils out, and you die. So it was really awful. And so when she says this, I'm like, it, the change in her and La- between her and Lacey is so great. I'm uncomfortable. I see how different she is now. Mm-hmm. I'm just live, and then this is in front of me. And so I kind of ignore what she's saying because it's Kara, the mother, looks at me like because she knows who. Very small town. This happens. Everybody knows this story. Mm-hmm. Victoria doesn't know this boy. I met, knows him. I met him one time in passing at as eight years at eight years old. She doesn't know who this is, so uh, you know I I kind of ignore it. I'm focused on something else, and and then so day twenty one in the hospital, they come in. Uh, the, you know the doctor comes in. She's got a different doctor. A, a pediatrician, um, not with the pediatric neurosurgeon anymore. That and then she needs. You want to take her home? You can go home. Mm. She's. We don't know. Actually, I take that back. The pediatric neurosurgeon did come down to where we were, and he said, "I can't explain it." You know, because we were just in shock. They were gonna let her go home. Mm-hmm. She could walk. She could talk. She could, you know, she was not the same, but the, she was different than she mm-hmm. was before, markedly so. But they were going to let her go. And the pediatric nurse, I don't have, um, I don't know why. It's, it's a miracle. We can't explain it. But you know, she exceeded everything. You know, she wasn't retarded she wasn't blind she could walk she could talk she could use her hands uh she could do all of those things and i should i gotta go i do Our need to what i i was just gonna say that i forget about this too. it's been a while since well it's been 10 years when we were in the icu those first that first week there were three other children who had injured their heads 
less severely than Victoria. Three of them died. And I would hear their family. The first one I'll never forget, especially because the family was wailing when that child died in the next room. And it was brutal. And that's what we lived with. It's, you know, this, you're just in a different world. Mm-hmm. And um, so 21 days later, after them telling us if we have, if she lived 48 hours, we might have something to lo- work with. And you don't expect to be leaving here before six months. 21 days later, she walked out on her own accord. Mm. And we talked mm. against all the odds. Mm-hmm. She more severely wounded uh, than these other children. And for whatever reason, she lived. And there was some guilt about that, too. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You know, had that as well. So we go home. It's a month or two later. Uh, Kara, the woman that brought Lacey into the Lacey's mother, had questioned me about it. Now she's a Christian and she's a, a very much a believer. And she questions me on the phone about, did you ever ask Victoria what she meant by Evan came to see me? And I said, you know, I I didn't. I I need to. And um. So I go into Victoria and I and I talk to her and I, I have to tell her she has no memory, none, no memory of anything. She has no memory of the accident. She has no memory. She doesn't know from when she walks to the bathroom and back out what has happened. Zero. No memories. And um, and I ask her about it and 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 she tells me, uh, well, Evan came to see me. I was, when I was, when I was in the coma, when I was asleep, when I was gone and uh, mm. I don't know who they were, but there were people around and that she, she has, she cannot articulate a whole lot of things to me. She tells me this with no hesitation and she remembers this vividly mm. and there are people around her. They were, they were around her. She doesn't know who they were. I know that I know them, but I don't know who they were, but they were touching me and they were uh, taking care of me. And um, then Evan came to me and said, I'm Evan Bernard. I, you're going to be okay. And he touched my forehead. And I said, you don't know Evan. How did you know? Because he told me. Mm-hmm. And he, he said, tell everyone I said, hi, I'm fine. I'm with the Lord. Hmm. And I uh, our family, we we didn't talk that. We didn't say the Lord. We said mm-hmm. the oh, God, Jesus, not the Lord. That was not our vernacular. That was not her vernacular. That wasn't mm-hmm. her vernacular. Anybody she was around. Mm-hmm. And he said that he was with the Lord. And she said, well, he looked like he was with the Lord. <laughs> and then I just fell out laughing, you know. Uh, well, that's awesome, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, and then we had to build the garden and all of these things. We spent a year, I spent a year taking her, driving her down to Bakersfield three times a week to rehab. Mm -hmm. She had how to do everything that she already knew. And so that's the basis. That's my part of the story. Mm -hmm. Annotated in a lot of ways. I know it's, it's talking and going on forever. And she has her part. And she's, it's been, oh, i got to say this. A year later, she was never going to recover from DDAVP, from diabetes insipidus. That's something that's all, she had to see her endocrinologist. I just, I don't know, for whatever reason, I quit giving her the pills because I wanted to see. She doesn't take, she doesn't have diabetes insipidus anymore either. They said that would never clear up. They've never seen that. They have no idea. I mean, this could go on for a while. <laughs> but I will step out, and the rest is Victoria's story. Stephanie, that I mean, there have been moments here hearing you speak where, you know, I've, I mean, I'm just getting chills, you know. And, and I, I know, I can tell by the way you're sharing that there's 
freshness even it seems like to some of that pain but i i also know unless you've probably walked it it's i mean to me it seems like it's hard to imagine those moments and those hours in the hospital or the or the drive i'm picturing that drive that initial drive up to the hospital while she's being life like you know flighted and i'm just thinking like that i mean the insanity of those moments and and you just keep you've repeated a couple of things boy the specific prayer request and what was your mantra again that that'll doable it's doable it's doable yeah it may not be what I imagined. It's different it, than it was, but it's doable. It's doable, yeah. And I mean, just, and I mean, you know, I just the love of a parent, but specifically love of a mother. And so I, I don't know. I know you're visiting Fort Collins. I wish I could see you before you were to leave. I wish I could give you like a hug, you know, here in this, just to tell you, I mean, <laughs> as, a, as a mom, like, I don't. I don't even know how you did what you did. And and there's a part of the story here untold for today, it seems like. But there's a part of the story, I'm sure, where you have a lot to say on what the Lord did in your life through all of that, too, even, even beyond just the trauma. So um, I really, when, when Victoria said, my mom's going to be on the call, too, I was like, this, I look forward to meeting you and hearing your side of this. So. Well, thank you thank for you. letting me tell my side in, in the way that I could. It, it could. When she had said that, I was like, eh, that's going to take a while because my side of it is, is, is it, the, it really helps set that basis for how life altering, how life changing, how God just says, well, okay, that's not the plan, but that doesn't mean that you can't survive and that you can't thrive. Yep. Mm. And that's the that's really the the thing. Even with the gifts taken away, there are other gifts that take their place that are much more valuable that serve God's purpose. We mm. don't necessarily understand that, but it's all doable if you mm. lay it. Say it's not mine, but help me carry it or teach me a different way. You, you know, and you're willing to receive that. And really, that's where we were because. I, and I always said this too, it was the absolute worst of times, but it was the absolute best because we saw the best of so many people. The mm. inhumanity of man, we saw the, the beautiful humanity of man, mm. of man. The first, one of the first things that we received was from somebody that was not really our friend, there, there had been a problem in something that was completely stupid that was related to sports and coaches and different stuff. Asman was a coach or whatever. Just dumb. And these people were the first to reach out saying mm. that they were pregnant. So, you know, just just different things that if, mm -hmm. if you, 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 you received and in that you, you know, oh, I learned something from that yeah. kind yeah. of thing. Well, when I think about, again, this podcast, helping people go forward in the name of Jesus, be encouraged. You can keep going. Press into the Lord. That Those are some of the words I'm hearing you say in your own words. It's like, boy, you know, you, you can. You can keep going, even if the plan is not what you anticipated or what you desired or planned for. So I just very and much appreciate it. And words. you may screw it up and you may not figure it out and you may make a mistake, but you just got to keep going back going back you don't get on the right path and you know i'm guilty of that too you forget and cast aside and you get caught up in the material and all of that and you just have to take a step back and mm. like that we are not the only person that's in control is god mm. is you know we are in control of how we uh respond to it or react to it or act on it mm-hmm Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. And I think even that's a timely word for as the world shut down with COVID-19. That's a timely word as well. So that's a timely word, regardless of what's going on in the world. So thank you. Thank you. I got to go to Okay. So Victoria, 
we're gonna hear part of your ver- your part of the story is as your mom says it. So yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so it's nice to hear her story. I haven't heard it in a while. Yeah. So. I know. I, I could picture. I I was imagining that's this is you're receiving this as well from your mom. What a yeah. gift. Well, and I have you know I know bits and pieces like when I was at the retreat that I share on her side, but her detail, even though they were a little bit backwards and stuff, because she hasn't told it in years, so it was still nice to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, um, so I was nine when it happened, and I was, I don't know, I, I knew I knew God, but I didn't know, I didn't walk with the Lord, especially, like, didn't talk about him to friends, I didn't do, do stuff out of the ordinary, but go to church. I was raised Catholic. And um, so we went to church on Sundays, but it wasn't like I had a relationship with God. Um, so that's where it kind of s- sets my sets my, my life up a little bit. But, um, and I was a really gifted dancer. I was, um, everything came easy to me. I was very smart. Um, outgoing, bright, easy, everything came easy to me. Nothing, um, nothing was hard. If I wanted to do it, I did it. Um, I never had a struggle in my life. Um, and then I got run over and I couldn't remember what I did during the day, but I could remember who I was. And I hated who I had become. Mm. And it took a long time, years, it took a long time for me to love myself again. Um, Or to even understand, I would ask God, why did you do this to me? Mm. Why am I here? Mm. As a child, and I would cry. And that video that I sent you, Rudy, was one that one of the very few that mom took of me in the hard times. Because we did, we did. Who tapes the hard times? Who talks about the hard times like that? Like when you, when especially when your child is has had an accident. But though that one video was one of the times that she had caught me. Um, lamenting and being sad over myself. Mm-hmm. And I was. And I, I couldn't remember. And I couldn't remember even why I felt the way I felt. Mm-hmm. But it took me a long time to get to where I am and so grateful and thankful. And um, mm-hmm. it actually started so... The full, the first, the full circle, I started, I transferred out of my high school, my public high school, and went to private high school, because I I couldn't take the amount of people in my class, I couldn't focus, my brain couldn't handle all of the people in the classroom, Mm -hmm. and I had gone, well, I take that back, it was in middle school where I was first asked to share my testimony. And it was my teacher, Mrs. Allender, and I was in seventh grade. And there was a club on campus that was called SWAT, and it was students with the testimony. Hmm. And I had SWAT, and at this time, had been going to school again and getting back to who I was. and. Things were hard because I'm, if anybody's seen Finding Nemo, you know who Dory is. I am Dory. I'm still Dory. Um, mm. But I, I know how to handle it now as an adult uh, better than when I was littler. But um, my teacher, Mrs. Allender, she had asked me if I would share my testimony. She had heard about my story. And as a young person, I always heard 
my story. It was my story. As Victoria, it was my story. And um, hmm. I shared my story with Mrs. Allender, and she had me, she asked me if I would share it with SWAT. And she's like, this needs to be told. And I had no idea, like, that it was something interesting. It was just something that I lived. It was just mm-hmm. a, my life. And it moved people. Mm-hmm. Like it moved children, kids that were my own age who had never heard my story or knew what I went through. Or And this was only, you know, a couple of years after I had been run over. And I told, I talked about Evan coming to see me in my coma and all of these different people in the room. Like I wasn't in the hospital. I was, I was in heaven. Mm-hmm. It was the most beautiful place I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. It was gorgeous. And I, I'd seen a garden. Mm. And that's why I talked about a garden. Mm. And all of these different people were helping me. And the, it was the most clear, brightest light that he had with him. Um, and I, if I am overly anxious or overly... Um, like when I was growing up, if I was out of control and things, and I would scream and I would cry and I would be so frustrated with who I was, I would close my eyes and I could see that light Mm. and meditate on that light. That light is still there. It takes a long time for me to meditate on that light than when I was younger and it would just come to me faster and I could close my eyes and see the light. Mm. But I still, I still can get there if I meditate on it long enough. Mm-hmm. So I share, I, that was the first time in middle school that I shared my testimony. And then I transferred into a Christian high school uh, my junior year. <clears throat> and I was also asked to share my testimony at chapel because a handful of the people had heard about my, my story. Mm-hmm. And I shared it and I, I had saved all of the cards that everyone had written me in this box. And the high school, the, my class, my senior class, they prayed for me Mm. and they sent me cards with pictures of themselves as little as, you know, when they were in fourth grade, there were their fourth grade pictures and they were, I graduated with them as a high school senior and they got to see their prayers Mm. that they remembered praying for, because that's a traumatic thing to pray for as a fourth grade kid they remembered praying for a little girl who got hit and run over by a truck and it was me and the full circle that God made that I got to share my testimony with the class that prayed for me they got to see their prayers being answered and I think that I just the way that God works is incredible mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As, I, as, a, as an adult and as I grew into my story and as I grew into being more grateful for God's story, mm-hmm. my story to be shared. It was, it was God's story. And as I started to learn that and mature in that, that it was God's story and not my story and not my pain, it was his glory to be shared through me, mm. the narrative of, of who I am. And I'm not so sad or angry for who I am now as a person because I mm. hated who I was. I hated mm. who I become because things didn't come easy. And I couldn't remember 
I had to write notes every single day of what I was doing. I couldn't remember what happened. The thing that would frustrate me coming home from school and mom and dad asking the normal question, how was your day? Mm-hmm. How okay? would kill me. Would kill me. What happened? I would, I would be so angry. I don't know what happened mm-hmm. today. And that sort of thing like where I don't, that doesn't bother me so much anymore. So much mm-hmm. the question, but also like I didn't, I. Let me interject something here. <laughs> oh, I'm back. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing her. And so the thing that we had prayed for was that she would live. Mm-hmm. If she mm-hmm. doesn't you know, give me the strength, give us the strength. So she lived. And, you know, the doctors have said because she was so smart and the rehab, the Center for Neuroskills down in Baker, because she was so smart, so gifted, there was so much to work with, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She didn't remember anything, but she did remember before accident, Victoria and after accident Victoria and the difference she could not deal with. Mm-hmm. She was happy. And so the gift that we, that what we prayed for, we got. Mm-hmm. So a burden mm-hmm. was also sadness, was a, an anger, a frustration. And so that's what she, you know, and that was a daily, hourly, every 15 minute thing mm-hmm. that we would talk me down off the ledge over if you over for for, for a long, long time. And even still to this day, it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I experienced that with my dad uh, when after his all of his trauma and you know accidents and other uh, surgeries and stuff. And I experienced that as a young child um, watching his life. And, and I don't even claim to know how much of the struggle he had, you know, because he, he was an adult and I was a kid. But looking at it, in that direction, I knew enough to know, oh, he remembered the old life. He now knew the new life. And he also had a lot of uh, memory issues. And and it and it's he just struggled. And he constantly compared those two. And it took a long, long time. And for me, for my recollection, I honestly with my dad, it, it might have been 15 years or something like that, to the effect of him finally coming to a place of just being more okay with his this new ex- ex- existence you know and he was grateful for life he was always grateful for life but it was like ah now that i have that well can we at least gain something back and for his sake you know he had no use of his left arm left leg amputated there was no reality of getting back to physically to where he was and not to mention all the cognitive things but anyhow yeah just so i can relate to that little thought there and, and if you only focus on what you don't have, then then you're you're not taking in all the beautiful gifts and blessings and you know. So I didn't know how to allow myself to see that. I didn't. I didn't agree. See that. And you looked at yourself as imperfect, and we're, that's the thing. We're all so imperfect. We all fall short of the glory of God, but. Here it is. Mm-hmm. The love that I have for Victoria, my child, I can't even imagine how I, I, I can't, even though I have been given these, I have seen glimpses of that, that mm-hmm. kind of love that God has for us, his children, and how he wants the best for us and for us to prosper and have that good life. It's, you can't even understand it. You can't even put your mind around it. But it, because it's so large compared to what what I have for this child of mine. Mm-hmm. So, and and then then you feel guilty because you're angry because mm-hmm. you're not satisfied. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's just so many facets and areas of you know learning and improving and just accepting. And realizing mm. it's doing. Mm. What are you going to do with it? This is what it is. What are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for that. Mm. See, now I don't know where I was. Where was I? 
were talking what was about I saying? Uh, the CBC kids, which lived in a completely different town. We didn't, know, these weren't kids that we knew I their family or anything. And so it comes back around again, this meeting and, and this completeness. There's a plan here. There's a plan. You don't know what it is. And I didn't plan. see it at 10 years old, mm -hmm. 11, 12, 13, 14, when I was in public school and kids didn't understand why I was different and that my problem wasn't a real problem that was old because kids are just cruel. Mm -hmm. I look a certain way and I act a certain way, but inside I can't remember. And that's an old excuse, Victoria. You look, mm -hmm. normal. You look normal. That's an old excuse. Having having um, a disability that people can't see that I look like a normal person is really hard. It's mm -hmm. actually really difficult to live in a world where because your disability isn't seen, that we can't see your disability, it's not there. That's mm -hmm. an old mm -hmm. I grew up with that and it's it's been really hard for me because I'm outgoing. Your blessing was a curse. Yeah, yeah, my blessing was a curse. And, but also not because I can share, it, it, it's, it's even harder sometimes to share because people don't even believe it. Mm -hmm. They can't even understand because they can't see it. Mm -hmm. So I, um, that's been hard. That's been difficult in my life. That's been something that has been really hard. My best friend, Matthew, the guy that I was at his house where the accident happened, he knew me before. Mm. Lacey knew who I was before my accident. The little girl who was my dancing friend. She knows the struggle that I have now of who I am because they knew me so well when I was gifted and they remember me then. And it's hard. Matthews cried to me and, you know, apologized like it was his fault. It wasn't all mm -hmm. his fault. It was just the way that it was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But apologized that I am the way that I am because of him, because we did that. And I, and it's no one's fault. And I'm grateful that God gave me the ability to share his works. Mm. I got to be able to talk about it and to share. Maybe it wouldn't have had such an impact if I was just, if I were debilitated in some physical sense for people to see, no, God can do anything mm -hmm. at mm -hmm. any time. Because we weren't a Christian family. Like, God didn't just bless, oh, they're the, they're the best followers of Christ. I'm going to bless them. No, we were, we're just like everyone else. Mm -hmm. I was just like any other kid. And my life now as an adult, I've, <clears throat> I was a gifted dancer. School wasn't so easy. Um, I could remember things set to music because I'm a dancer and like God blessed me so much throughout my life, like in ways that I didn't know necessarily that I was going to be blessed because I hated who I was because I couldn't go do ballet because I have a blind spot. I'm blind in my right eye. I can't, I can't. If I close my left eye, my right eye is black and gray. Everything. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And this side of my face is uh, completely numb. The whole right side of my face is completely numb. Hmm. Uh, I can't smell. I have no sense of smell. Um, what well, your mom wants to say something. Well, what I was going to say was, so she was a gifted dancer. And... 
she focused on the loss for so long. She could not dance anymore. And she wasn't in the front and she wasn't soloed and she wasn't, and she had to quit. Um, it was, she just couldn't do it, physically mm -hmm. could not do it. And, but because she had done those things and her memory was so poor, if you put it to music, if she physically was learning, relearning something and put it to music or put it in, but a dance. Some, she learned it and she mm -hmm. could teach it. So because mm -hmm. she was so gifted, she was able to do that and to progress and, and move forward in these things that she needed to do. She lost that part that she loved so much, but because mm -hmm. she had it benefited her. So all of these things were blessings. Mm -hmm. She had to look at it in the terms of that it was a blessing. It mm -hmm. is a blessing. She, ended, she graduated valedictorian in her, uh, elementary. She was the lead in the play when she yeah. was a in high school. I'm getting there. Oh, okay. Sorry. Never mind. Put that out. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to know, Victoria, because um, because you talk about the blessings. I've heard you guys say that a lot. And yet you just told us your right side of your face is numb. You've lost your sense of smell. Your right eye is gray and black. You, you've lost vision. And you know, again, like you mentioned, we can't, we don't know those things unless you tell us. You look perfectly normal. And, and, but so can you, can you try to explain to me and to all of us who would listen to you, how, how can you say there's the blessings when you're like, I can't smell, you know, I can't feel, I can't see. Because for some people, that's like, that that just destroys you. Point. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. yeah what's the point? It, and I'm sure I, maybe you were there at points, but that's not where you are today. So I'd be yeah. curious to know how do you how do you change that? How have you seen that change? Well, I'm like for a long time, I wasn't here. I wasn't, and I hated who I was. Mm -hmm. um, I real like I really started to come into my own when Mrs. Allender was near me and wanted me, well, and mom, my mom, my mom wanted me to be positive on it. Mom was always one who tried to get me to see the positives. I'm the, I'm worse. I'm the worst. Per, even today, I'm still very hard on myself mm -hmm. and, and I try to get down, but I'm refocused and mom brings me out my dad brings me out of like when i'm spiraling but and i still struggle with it but what i really started to focus on was thinking more so about god's story i have to share why was i given a miracle people wait for miracles people wish for miracles people mm -hmm. pray for miracles, and i've been told that i'm a miracle forever for since i was nine i'm you're a miracle victoria mm. you're a miracle. i would be so mad when people would tell me that when i was mm. young mm. i would be so angry you don't get it but anyway i changed that narrative for myself because i didn't want to focus i didn't want to stay stuck in that negative i was so angry and i really i i, I really think I really think when SWAT came into my life was that when I kind of started to change the narrative in my life, mm. where I more so looked at it as really God was in control of everything and he will use everything for his glory, no matter what, in any, in any, in everything he knows and he's in control. And when I started to like sit in that and really think about that and understand it, which I'm still learning. <laughs> it's always coming and going, but I, that's when things changed for me. Mm -hmm. And not saying that my life was, oh, after that it was perfect. Absolutely not. It has not been. I've had so many more trials and tribulations as, as a young adult. Um, in trusting people mm. more so than trusting God um, that has hurt me. Mm -hmm. 
but it's not my story anymore. It's God's story when I share it. It's not not for my glory. It's not for people to think, oh, wow, you're so strong, your strength. It's not my strength because if it were my strength, I would be angry and bitter and sad and hate myself. And I probably wouldn't be here. I probably wouldn't. But it's through God's strength that I finally learned how to let him shine through me because it's with his Holy Spirit in me that I'm able to be happy. Mm. Because I still am sad. Sometimes I still think, man, I wished I didn't have to set an alarm for a meeting with Rudy, an hour alert, a 30-minute alert, a 15-minute alert to make sure that I'm here on time at the time. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And as a result, um, I didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. Never thought I could. Didn't mm-hmm. know that I was able to. So Lacey, my best friend Lacey, she went to beauty school. Mm-hmm. And she encouraged me. I had no idea what I was going to do. 18 years old, didn't want to do college, was scared. Um, I went to beauty school and mom encouraged me to start beauty school with Lacey and I did and I flourished mm-hmm. because put to motion yeah. and I could remember haircuts because things had motion to them mm-hmm. and I remember color because it's artistic and it's colorful and I'm good at art and God just like directed me in this line of work and blessed me. I had no interest of cosmetology at all. That was not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. But I wanted and Rudy, how many times have I shared my testimony with people sitting in my chair who were not followers of Christ? The number's insane mm. of random people who I've just kind of swerved into getting to share my testimony and mm-hmm. how God Bless my life. Mm. Okay. Okay, God. I see you. I see what you're doing here. Like, thank you for doing that. Because I didn't want to go to beauty school. That wasn't my plan. Mm-hmm. I what my plan was. But allowed that to bless me, too. Besides your family, which is really clear in this in your story today, besides your family, and you've mentioned Lacey a few times, um, Throughout your recollection, or your your you know the, since you were nine, ten years old, so you're from a childhood all the way to adulthood. Have people been with you, or has it been has it been mostly? It's been family and and Lacey. You know, like I'm I'm just trying to picture who's who's walked with you through this because I know having met you recently in January. I mean, it is hard to make community wherever whenever we move and you're still new to this area here in Colorado and but but it's like with the story you have and the life that you've lived and the the situations that you have the the, the circumstances i can imagine those that have walked with you really are important like they know you they know you know you know you you know they know you when you're really sad when you're really struggling they know your highs and your lows and and I I guess what I'm trying to figure trying to hear from you is do you have you had people you mentioned earlier in our in talking there's people in California that just know you they're your people I guess I'm curious to know can you speak a little bit to their part of the story through your own lens because some of them might carry guilt some of them might carry pain still some of them might just have been able to put that away and say we're just this is life. And this is now, but I love you and I'm with you. I don't know if that's making any sense. Can you make sense of that and, and, and give us a thought? I, there are, there are, I mean, I've had dozens of people walk with me through this. I've never been alone. I really haven't. I felt, I felt alone. That's my own life to myself that I've told mm-hmm. myself that, you know, is in my head that I'm only going through this alone. But I, mm-hmm. People have seen me struggle. One of my best friends from school, um, anytime we talk about it, she was my best friend in, in third, 
third and fourth grade, her name Mackenzie. She, anytime we bring it up, she cried, like cries because she saw me. She never came to the hospital. She wasn't there, but she saw me one, one month in school and a few months after. And I'm a completely different person. And she struggled with that. And we walked through school together. And mm-hmm. she saw, like, elementary to middle school, saw me progress. But, and, but anytime we talk about it, she, it hurts her. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's a pain in her. Um, same thing with Matthew. If Matthew and I, Matthew and I talk every single day since I've moved, we talk more. I see, it seems like Matthew's the boy I was at his house. Mm-hmm. He, um, we never talked about it after, um, the, after for years. And we finally spoke about the accident and he got to share with me his side of the story, which is an incredible side of the story. Mm-hmm. I feel like every person has their own take on it and it should be said on their side, but he finally shared it with me and he still has pain. Mm-hmm. From, he has guilt every single day. He said he couldn't see me for years. He didn't want to be around me because every time he saw my face, he saw the accident. Mm. He, saw, he saw me running in front oh, of the gosh. Truck every time he saw my face and he mm. couldn't live with it. So he mm-hmm. didn't around he was also three years older than me and we had like an age difference and it kind of as we got older that started to show up a little bit more mm-hmm. but as a, it's not any problem but he said mm-hmm. he couldn't see me mm-hmm. because he he would see me being hit mm-hmm. and he laying behind the truck lifeless mm-hmm. and at 12 years old holding on you know you go back into your little boy 12 so mm-hmm. But our walk together is stronger than ever. He knows me better mm. than anyone. Other mm. is another person who um, is the sweetest, softest person. But on the outside, the, the, the person that he shows other people is he's outgoing and silly and sweet too. But if anybody said anything bad about me going through life going through middle school high school there was a time where he this kid had said oh your sister's retarded now and Corey got into a fight you know before retarded was a bad you know like a and um, you know and and he fought for me like Corey went through a lot of things for me he felt so he felt guilt he felt sadness. He saw me. He, I'm his best friend. And I can't do the things that I used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister struggles because she's always been told that I'm different now. But she never knew me as anything different. Mm-hmm. She's only known me because she was one mm-hmm. when she went over. So she didn't get, she never knew who I was before. And she all, I think she feels sad that she didn't know me before. Mm-hmm. But also, you're I, her I, sister. I mean, you're, you're you. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm here and, but there's so much, there's just so much wrapped in it. And there's all these different people that, like my teachers, all the teachers that I've had throughout my life have been so helpful and loving towards me and shaped me. Like I've had just wonderful, wonderful teachers. My fifth grade teachers, one of them, she, Mrs. GL and Mrs. Mrs. Brown was wonderful too, but Mrs. GL was really understanding what the year after my accident really helped me come into my own as a person and Mm-hmm. My um, and and like just the blessings, Mrs. Rose, music, my music teacher, helping me l- learn a love of acting and musical theater and singing, and I didn't know that I 
would love that. But I did because it was some sort of facet that wasn't dance, but it was acting and theater. And I could remember a full play. Mm -hmm. And I was a lead in my high school musical. And um, just the way that God blesses me um, in ways that I never, I never thought I could be blessed. Do you have, um, you know, I go back to you putting your hand in the Bible in the hospital and, and then asking for the Bible even, you know, just, so, um, is there any Bible story, Bible verse? Is there anything from the Bible for you that has just been a the the thing your go to, or is that is that is that true of you? It's not necessarily true of everybody, but I'm curious if it's true of you. Well, I love that you asked that because that's something that's so frustrating to me because I read the Bible, I'm in Bible study. I have Bible verses all over my house. I could see the one behind you. Yeah, in little note cards, I have them written all over. But I don't remember Mm -hmm. the books of the Bible. Like, I don't, yeah, I see I have them. This mom got one. This was in my cabinet. Mm -hmm. Colossians 3.24. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, is the Lord Christ you're serving. Mm. And I have like all of the, my positive, I, I have all sorts of quotes posted in drawers, in cabinets, behind things. When I move stuff, I have God's word so I can read it. Mm-hmm. Not, not necessarily that I remember it mm-hmm. off the top of my head. I can't like regurgitate or you know what I, I can't tell you where the I can I can't even show you where the book is mm-hmm. in the Bible but I know that it's in my heart that mm-hmm. I feel like that's another thing that I can share to you because I was so insecure about being at a Christian high school and not knowing where to turn when they would say go to John um yep. You know, go to John and verses and blah, blah, blah. And I would be like, I would wait until everyone else opened their back. And like, I would kind of see, oh, they're going to the back, or, you know, yep. to the back of the Bible. And I'm going to turn, you know, I was so insecure about the way I couldn't remember that book mm-hmm. where the verses were. But I've gotten to where I read, I read the Bible. I, I have the Bible app on my phone. I more so like the book of the Bible, but like I like the, the physical Bible to hold. Mm-hmm. And, and I read it. <clears throat> but be as an adult coming more into it as just I'm going to put this into my everyday life. And I've banned it. Like I've gotten a community here in Fort Collins. Um, I had it when I was an adult in Visalia to the town that was next to mine, my town in California. I had a great uh, church that I went to and I had Bible study and I started to be um, a youth leader. Mm. And I was youth group leader for high school girls and actually just learning more so through them with them as I'm teaching them. Mm -hmm. All of it helped. And learning the bible and it's and it's continually like i read the same stories and i learn something different every time i read it Mm -hmm. or remember something different every time i read it and it's Mm -hmm. not like it always is there because i've read them throughout my whole life i was in church Mm -hmm. but i don't i don't have one that sticks out completely but i have but your walk is yeah i i asked it partly because um you know i grew up first of all i love your the note cards the post the uh what are those called those when you come over and see them they're in they're on windows mirrors my dad's like oh my goodness where 
where else am I going to find one? The last time he was here, I'm like, you'll find him. When my, when my parents um, came to faith in Christ, um, we drove an old uh, beige station wagon back in the day. And, and I still can remember my mom took a post-it or a note card like you had there, and she taped it to the steering wheel of the car. And it was um, that the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but a, but a, and timidity, but rather a spirit of power, and peace and self control. And her story had to do with um, a nervous breakdown and anxiety, and and the Lord rescuing her, saving her life from death, and on the heels of my dad being so sick. And and um, and I just remember that verse sitting there on that. That was the first time I ever saw somebody take a note card, write a Bible verse on it, and put it somewhere. And so she used to do that around the house. And so when I hear your story of that, I mean, it just gives me this warmth of, like, oh man. And and but my dad having all of his memory issues, um, you know, I always I always tell people like my dad, my dad never um, he read the Bible every day. And he didn't remember hardly anything. But for whatever reason, Isaiah 41.10 is the one verse that my dad knew. And so I was, that's why I was asked you because I was curious if maybe there's I one love that, that I verse. Yeah. I love that verse. It's written somewhere. I don't remember where I put it, but it's here. And I've, it's somewhere. Isaiah 41. I have that written somewhere. And it's the um, only verse he ever told me. And so, you know, as as a as I became a pastor and, you know, we talk about read the Bible, you know, and, and memorize the Bible and put it in your heart and live by the yeah. Bible and all of this, right? And I think of my dad, one of the most brilliant men I've ever known, and he loved Jesus, but he could never quote you scripture, you know, it's not like he could go. That's, some, that's something that I don't have. I, that's not my gift. Uh, but my gift is sharing the love of the Lord. I I don't know how to tell us someone scripture to help them in their hard time, but I do know how to share my story and show, like share God's love and his mercy on life. Like I know that that's the way that I can actually show God's mm. great. And I feel like that's, I think that's what God, is allowed me to do because I'm so I can't remember and I and it's not my gift but I've mm -hmm. also I've also asked like I said as an adult because I didn't used to read the Bible that was not something that I took up every day and not something that I studied but mm -hmm. as an adult as my for myself I've really been embraced the word of God mm -hmm. it's that's that's what leads me down the right path when I'm spiraling like a giant tornado and don't know what to do. Even still to this day, after being blessed with a miracle, I'm still, I still have to go back to the word. And I still have to see that, no, this is what God, this is what's true. This is what's true in your life. And even though I can't remember where they are or what the story is or I, I know I, I read who what what um what John said to whoever like what group of people and mom's like you've read this story before mm -hmm. you know you know this story I've mm -hmm. watched the Bible movies you know I watched mm -hmm. every new one that comes out because they're amazing and I know mm -hmm. those stories mm -hmm. but I them yeah, no, that makes sense to me. Um, we're gonna wrap. We're gonna wrap up, okay? But okay. I'm curious if you have like last encouragements or thoughts to whoever would listen and hear the your story. If you have thoughts and encouragements to to just again to just bless us to help us keep going in the Lord, you have. You've kept going. I mean, I mean, if anybody's kept going, it's like nine-year-old skull is crushed. To to if forty-eight hours pass and you're alive, then you're there's hope. And and as a as a new friend of yours, twenty years is it twenty years later ish 20. almost 19, um, yeah. nineteen years later. 
I am grateful that the Lord spared you all those years ago and and has preserved you for the story. I'm curious if you have, yeah, just anything to close us out here and encourage us to keep going. Because again, you have kept going by God's grace and his strength. So I'm curious. I just, for anyone that's listening who has something they're struggling with, just know you're never alone. Mm-hmm. I, I felt so alone. And I never allowed the Holy Spirit to fully embrace me when I was going through it until years later. And you're never alone. The Holy Spirit's always with you. Um, that's something that I want you to know, that you're never alone and just keep going and understand that God will use what you're going through for his glory. Maybe not in your time, but if you trust in the Lord and know that he has it, he has you, and just keep going, that you mm. will be Oh, man. Thank you. <laughs> Can I Thank pray you. for y'all? Yes, I would love that. Wow. Wow. Thank you uh, to Victoria and to Stephanie for your time on this uh, podcast. It has really, truly been my honor to hear your story told. Um, I look forward to seeing if it comes out in book form. Um, and, and Victoria, like we said, we'll be talking. So, um, but gosh, um, wasn't that just a fantastic story? I mean, two parts of just testimony of God's faithful protection over her life. It got, my dad used to always say that when your time was done, that the Lord's time and purpose for you was completed on this earth, that, uh, he would take you home. And certainly Victoria was not taken home yet. And so Victoria, um, as even as you listen to this, I just want to encourage you to go forward in the name of Jesus. The Lord has continued purposes for your life. And let that be a word for all of us um, who are listening. Um, God wants to use you today in this world um, to to glorify him and to bring good to so many people. So um, what a fantastic story. Thank you, Jesus, for the miracle of life that you've given to Victoria and to the whole, their whole family. So until next time, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, please do so. Um, tell people about what we're doing here. And uh, if it's blessing you, pass it along. Um, you can make sure you get notifications in your emails or, or notifications on your phones to let, let you know when the next episode comes up. I've got others planned um, that I'm looking forward to uh, getting on the podcast, other, other friends of mine. So um, I hope that today's uh, part two of this episode has really blessed you and uh, just want to remind you to go forward in the name of Jesus. So thanks for tuning in with me today. I'll talk to you soon.